Welcome back to Today in Tech. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift, Ticketmaster, and the growing threat of software bots, which seem to be preventing us from getting the stuff we want. Stick around. Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Shaw. Today, we're going to talk about software bots. And joining me on this episode is Sam Crowther. He's CEO of Casada, which makes security software for companies, including anti-bot features. Sam, thanks for joining us. Mate, Keith, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's let's talk about the whole Ticketmaster, Taylor Swift thing. Just to get us started, Ticketmaster, when they were talking about this whole ticket buying fiasco, um, blamed bots as you know it, it, as far as the unprecedented demand that they were facing. Do you believe this account from them, or are are they just sort of using bots as a scapegoat to try to get them off the hook? When it feels like, from my perspective, there's a lot of other issues that they probably have or ignored. Like, what's your take? Look, I'm sure Ticketmaster and Live Nation have uh, some unique attributes to their situation. But look, I really don't doubt that bots were responsible uh, for the miserable experience most legitimate customers got. Uh, You know, the unfortunate reality is, right, you know, bots are great at beating humans out, right? That's that's why people use them. Yeah. I can use a bot to, you know, click check out faster than you can, but... The problems really start to get weird when bots are fighting bots. Like, think about the Taylor Swift situation, right? The bots don't need to outcompete the humans. They actually need to outcompete each other. Oh, okay. That's when that's when systems just start to topple yeah. because they, they get too aggressive. So, so let's just take a step back um, just for those of us, for those uh, viewers that might not understand kind of what a bot is. Um, can you kind of take us through... You know, what is a bot? I mean, because it's not just used in, in buying tickets for Taylor Swift or, or tickets for, you know, other premium events. What What is a software bot? How were they developed? When did they develop? Because, I mean, I remember all the way back in, in the day, early days of eBay. Remember those? You could, you would wait till like the last second to try to get that higher bid in and then people started developing software. Yeah. Has it evolved from that? Or, you know, how did like this whole software bot thing start? Yeah, so uh, in at its simplest, well, in its simplest form, sorry, software bots are literally just pieces of code designed to perform the actions of a human very, very quickly and at scale, right? And that can be something as simple as a little Python script, right? Or all the way up to a fully automated browser that mimics mouse movements and, and you know, goes the whole nine yards. But literally all it is is just something that's designed to perform a, an action that a human would but, you know, the computer driving it. So they've been around for ages, right? And to your point, the early days of eBay and the early days of the internet, you know, they really started to catch on because there was a monetization opportunity, right? And if you look at most of the problems that bots cause, they exist because someone can leverage this tool to perform something faster than human and effectively like arbitrage an opportunity, right? right? So the sniper bot's a great example. You can beat a human when it hits 0.01 seconds left on the auction by one cent. The the ticket bots, the shoe bots, again, if you can buy you know that item and then sell it for slightly higher, there's there's real profit in it when you scale up an operation. Right. I really noticed this uh, you know from a personal standpoint uh, last year when I was trying to buy a PS5 and exactly. scalper bots uh, like took over everything. Uh, you know. The, Sony released the PlayStation 5 in November 2020, and I don't think I got mine until April 2021 because you just couldn't get them. 
at that point. Like the the scalper bots were winning, and it it it, it didn't take until. I was using. I was following a guy on Twitter who started posting when the restocks were happening, and then I jumped in as quickly as I could, and and then bought the bundle rather than just the initial kind of PlayStation. But I mean, that was that was probably the first major incident, uh, unless you were into the whole sneaker situation or Nvidia graphic cards. I know that they they've affected those markets as well. Would would, yeah. would the PS5 be the kind of the biggest um, high profile one before the ta- the Taylor Swift? Issue? Yeah, I'd I'd say so. Yeah. The, the longest running ones definitely the sneaker bots, right? They're the most well known for many years. But the PS fives were, and and I think it even happened to the Xboxes, the new ones, where right. that was the first time it made it into the more mainstream communities, uh, where people realized, hey, if I buy up all the Playstations, people still want them, and they're prepared to pay a hundred bucks more a pop, two hundred bucks more a pop. Yeah. So, you know, we do that a few hundred times and we've made $20,000. And this was also escalated because of the COVID situation, right? Because stores were not stocking them. So you you couldn't go to a, a Target or a Best Buy and wait in line like you used to. You actually mm. had to go online to try to buy them. And then, you know, now they've corn- the, these, these bots have cornered the market, so to speak, right? Exactly. Anything with limited availability is the perfect opportunity for a bot, right? Like think Yeezys. They make, you know, 2000 in a release, if a bot can snap all of them up, they control the market. Right. PlayStation 5s were the same, right? They yeah. were only releasing thousands at a time versus tens of thousands. So it was very easy to you know, get enough of the market to influence the, the price on the resale space. So are these bots now typically kind of deployed by individuals or are you, do you start to see something like a hacker community would in the security space where you start seeing more organized uh, efforts or organizations that are, that are attempting to get all the stuff? Like where do you see most of these, these bots happening? So most of them are used by individuals, but they're built by groups, which is quite interesting. So previously they were built and run by the same individuals. However, the bot developers realized it was more lucrative and less risky to just build the bot and sell subscriptions to it. So they work like most SaaS products, yeah? Thousand bucks a month gets you access to the latest uh, bot, whatever it may be, and you can choose which items and which websites you want it to hit. Okay, so if I wanted, so could it, it, is that priced me out of the market if I just wanted to try to buy something? Like I couldn't just download it like an app, right? Uh, you'd go to their website, put in your credit card, and then you know you'd, you'd go from there. It's very, very straightforward, which is but scary and uh, kind of cool. All right. So, so now in terms of preventing some of these bots from from being successful, I think the some of the early attempts were this this thing called captcha. Right? This was the the little box, and it has a little checkbox, and you say, "I'm not a robot." And then they develop, and then they evolved into look at this picture and pick out where the cars are and or or identify the roads or pick the duck and those things seem more annoying to me than trying to prevent the bot like it, yeah. that's all of that doesn't work anymore or does it or does it still work like what's well, your the prob- yeah so look the problem is a it it does it pisses people off yeah. uh, and and that actually functionally to companies means a loss in like conversion and, and that's that's been like pretty well researched where implementing something like a capture can actually kill two or three percent of your conversion rates, which if you're on a very big online business, that's a very material sum of money. Um, but the other problem is uh, computers and machine learning are brilliant at identifying images. It's almost like the the cornerstone use case for machine learning, just like computer recognition. 
And so they can solve it easier than we can. Uh, you know, we give them some blurry letters and, you know, most of us like getting close to the screen or, <laughs> yeah. you know, where does the where does the bus end and, and the sign begin? Oh, this is the perfect use case for ML. And that's what we see bots do is they've just got very good Im- image recognition software or people that build it and they leverage that. Maybe that's so, how you tell if someone's a human, if it takes them longer to, yeah, exactly. to figure out yeah. where the bus oh. is or which one is the duck than the, than the machine, because the machine can do it in under three seconds. You're like, oh, you've got to be a bot. So. Because I also I also heard that that some of these captcha systems, they're just tracking your mouse movements, and that's how they can tell that you're a human because of the way that you click the button, rather than a bot that would do it. Yeah, and, and so that's where like some of the more sophisticated ones come in that are actually they're actually Chrome and they they mimic the mouse movements and everything. And you know, unfortunately, humans tend to not be too difficult to imitate for a lot of these folk. Right? They can build sort of semi-random mouse movements, you know, on the way to go click that button and, it, and the systems think they're good. Yeah. And it's like, it's a difficult problem, right? Because there's so much money in it. So there's a lot of time and effort that the folk on the other side are prepared to go to. So uh, it, order- is it also a case then where they're the uh, makers of the bots, it's, it becomes a lot more complicated and complex and they, they start improving and, uh, but in terms of like they get they get better and more sophisticated to prevent either security measures or anti-bot software from grabbing them. It does it become like a space race, which we've yeah. seen in other security kind of threats. Yeah. It absolutely does. Uh, there's a lot of consolidation that goes on to the top bots where they get the most talented developers, and there is absolutely an aspect of it that becomes an arms race. And you know who can. Who can improve faster and, you know, consistently yeah, will, can, will be successful. Can a traditional security kind of software or threat management, whatever like a company might have on their systems, can that usually detect if something is a bot or do they need this sort of specialized anti-bot software or anti-bot yeah. features? Usually no. So most cases for like the big retailers, the travel hospitality companies uh, and sort of other businesses, that do business online, it, that, that sort of stuff won't cut it. Uh, it's too easy for people to get their hands on tools that look like legit humans, uh, where it like the detection tools have to be quite specialized. Right. And then, and then when you're developing the technology, the detection part of that too, it feels like mm. you also have to make sure there's no false positives because like, that's the last yeah. thing I, as a real human, if I tried to get into it and buy something and then the system's like, well, we think you're a bot and then they exactly. deny you of the, of the PlayStation five that you're trying to buy. Yeah. Which we don't want either. Right. It's, uh, it's right. Fine balance. Right. And that's what makes it hard. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, so we're now kind of in the holiday buying season here. Um, mm. Are they still, you know, are you still seeing bots pervasive and for other hot ticket items or is all of this energy in the spotlight just on this Taylor Swift Ticketmaster situation? No, I I think the Taylor Swift situation is making the rounds because, again, it's the first time it's impacted this many mainstream people, right? Whereas normally, okay, PlayStation 5 is more in the mainstream, but again, you know, it's people who play video games or have kids that are PlayStations, which isn't everyone. Uh, Like, that's still going on. We're still seeing it across shoes, across other electronics. Um, It's, yeah, it's very pervasive. And... What's kind of interesting is that some of the botters have actually figured out how to identify items that are going to have stock shortages and then buy them. So, you know, 
very early on in the pandemic, the classic case was toilet paper. Right. right. Bottles get out. Hold on a sec. People, these all, these companies that produce it can't make enough. So if I buy it, I can resell it for more. And and that's what they're doing. They're getting very tactical about that. What has a you know problem in the supply chain that I can get my hands on so that I can then control what it sells for? Did you see bots actually trying to buy toilet paper? Yeah, we did. Toilet <laughs> paper, hand sanitizer, a few other things. Yeah, which is insane. And Yeah, because because for, for us, it was always just this one guy, you know, who, who was like, oh, yeah, I've got a truck full of toilet paper and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to resell it like. You're you're a moron because like yes. I think most of us realized that toilet paper was going to come back <laughs> at yeah. some point. Yeah, it was a very amusing thing to latch onto. Yeah, yeah. Um, so why aren't? Do you think that companies are good about deploying kind of software tools to fight this, or does it even matter? Like if you're like again, one of the frustrating things when I was trying to buy the PS5 was it felt like Sony didn't care. Like they were like, well, listen, we're producing, we're getting paid for the product. Um, you know, and I know Taylor Swift says she cares, but the you know she's still getting all this money for the tickets for this tour. Yeah. All right. Maybe we take Taylor Swift out of this, but like from a Sony perspective, like, do we really care about deploying this thing because we're still selling it? It's just it's hmm. just it's more of the secondary market or the hackers. I mean, there's a lot of bad blood against you know Sony for not doing something quicker. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Reputation. I. Uh, it pisses customers off and it's going to yeah. push elsewhere. So I, that's a big part of it and is a big driver. The other side, funnily enough, is cost. Uh, so let's say, you know, we've got, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of legit consumers and a, and a few people running some big bots that want to get their hands on uh, PlayStation 5s, right? So the bots know, okay, I need to outcompete 100,000 people and I need to outcompete everyone else using bots. So they sort of like step up their activity, other bots in response step up theirs. All of a sudden, the actual cost to serve this, you know, consumer base online, whether you're hosting in AWS or somewhere else, is very material, because you need to have servers capable of dealing with the traffic that they generate. Right, and that causes margin compression. So, you know, if you think about a big e-commerce website, you know, maybe costs ten million bucks a year to run on Amazon. Uh, you know, if all of a sudden your monthly bills for this infrastructure is like increasing three or four million dollars. That's very, very real and material margin compression. And but that's the other side of the issue is it's expensive for these people to actually support and enable and let botting continue to happen. Right. Okay. So so if you do have a company that does kind of care about this issue, what's preventing them from sort of deploying a lot of this? Is it is it just a lack of skills? Is it just they can't yeah. find the people to do this? It's like, oh, it's not high on the priority list compared to some other threats out there that might be bringing down the website versus just, you know, buying stuff. Yeah, it, it's an awareness piece, right? So like the more sophisticated ones uh, will work to deploy this sort of tooling. Uh, and you know, as they get to the scale where it makes sense, we see most of them start to move in this direction. Okay. All right. And um, that you know, I want to bring this up to a broader issue, not just talk about kind of buying things. Like, where else are are you seeing bots sort of have an influence on things? I I know that we were talking earlier about uh, you know the social media aspect of it, where bots were able to either start following Twitter accounts or throwing content on Twitter that you know affects elections and things like that. I don't want to get into the whole pol political side of things, but you know, where else are you seeing bots have an influence that either good or bad? Yeah, so look, social media is a big one in, in all aspects, um, from fraud 
on social media, like from advertising to the harassment side of things. The, the biggest impact is more like crime. So cracking customer accounts to get access to credit cards, PII, uh, you know, cracking gift cards to steal the balance in them. That's that's where they're very prolific. And that's where they've really been used a lot over the last sort of 10 or 15 years. So bots can do that instead of, oh, instead of instead of a uh, like a hacker at a computer that you see on like the movies. Exactly. So yeah, these are all the now automated uh, automated hacking attempts. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time, it's not even a person doing it. All right. Can bots have a positive impact in the world? Like, is there a plus to all of this? Yeah, well, Google's a good example, right? Google gets all of its content to serve everyone through a bot. Uh, so <laughs> I think there's, you know, there's, yeah, it's good and bad. Wait, you mean there's uh, not someone just sitting there at a desk taking your search request and then right, finding it for you? Very slow uh, service, if that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. So I guess, yeah. So, so we shouldn't say that all bots are bad then. Like, it's just, like I said, there's, there's like a light and a dark to everything, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, so Google would be at a good, you got any other examples of where bots are helping people? Um, I look, that's the one that uh, springs to mind the most. But yeah. Yeah. Automated testing, right? So if, you know, a developer of a big application, a big company, humans, a lot of the time don't do the testing to make sure it works. It's all bots in browsers, testing all the functionality. So again, it's it's awesome because they're a force multiplier and they can be a force multiplier for good or for very bad things. So in, in, I want to get, get back to something that you mentioned earlier where you said that the uh, the bigger issue was not bots beating humans, but now bots are actually having to fight against each other, um, which is a great image, you know, robots fighting robots, but that's, that's a whole other issue. Uh, how is that a problem then for the for the for the website because of the the competition that drives the site down or that brings it yeah too much demand exactly it'll start to create situations where the website breaks which i believe is what happened with the you know the ticketmaster sale it's just there was too much traffic and that's the bots knew they had to outcompete each other and how, so how were the bots able to get into the thing if this was a pre-sale for verified people like they didn't they try to verify everybody yeah, before yeah. this pre-sale began so all the bots will do is they'll generate accounts on mass. They'll register them. That's that's what we see. So they'll go in, they'll create new email addresses on Gmail or Outlook or wherever it is. They'll go and it'll automatically sign you up for a you know verified spot so that the moment the email comes in, the bot's ready to just click the link. See, I think what you just go back to the old way of, of you have to wait in a line and then you're yeah, only allowed exactly. five, <laughs> right? Bots aren't good in the physical world. <laughs> One other thing I want to think, do you think that this this issue is going to go away? I mean, because obviously the Senate was never involved in the PlayStation 5 incidents. Um, yeah. You know, now you've got Senate, the senators that want hearings. Uh, the They're asking the FTC to look into it. Uh, this, I mean, obviously from your company standpoint, this is a good thing because this generates more interest for anti-bot software. Like, where do you, th is this going to balloon even further or do you think it's going to just sort of die down? It will continue. I don't think there's a good way to stop it, right? Even if it's outlawed. Like, the reality is you're not allowed to use bots to buy tickets. It still happens. Yeah. Uh, there's too much money in it is the, is the reality. And I think it would be good for some legislative action to occur because then, you know, we could help customers actually go and take action against people. And I think that would be a powerful thing and a good deterrent. But while there's money to be made, there'll always be people who are happy to skirt the, the edges of the law to profit. All right, I want you to leave us on it with a with a positive note here about because because again every time I talk about people with security, 
being in security in with tech security, it's you're you're always very pessimistic because there's you're always on, awake. Like, what's the next threat that's going to happen? What? <laughs> well, 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 this problem. I mean, eventually, spam went away. I mean, we 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 developed software that stopped spam, not stopped, lessened it, and so. Yeah. You know, I remember in the early 2000s, spam was a huge problem, and it wasn't until we actually tackled it with anti-spam software that we were able to sort of get a handle on that. It, do you see something similar happening in, in this space? It, exactly. And look, that's what I hope we're a part of, right? That wave of technologies that help reduce this. It's never going to go away, but if we can do our bit to make it a better place, make it more fair for the consumer, make it more safe for the consumer and the organization, then that's a win. All right. Uh, Sam, yeah. give, give us a plug for the company and, and what you guys do at, at Casada. Yeah, so our whole goal is to make sure that legitimate humans uh, get access to websites and mobile apps and APIs that we protect, right? We want to do it in a way that doesn't ever disrupt user experience, no captures, no none of that. Invisible and quick with a very, very high level of assurance. Like, that's our goal. If we solve that problem for our customer, you know, they can go focus on the problems that are actually unique and special to their business. And is, is Ticketmaster one of your clients or are you not allowed to say? <laughs> they are not. We do work in the ticketing space, but not with them. All right. So, so if, if anyone yeah. from Ticketmaster is watching this, go go contact Sam. What, at uh, where, What's the website? Casada.io or? Casada.io. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, that's all the time we have uh, for today. Thank you, Sam, for joining us. Mate, thanks for having me, Keith. I appreciate uh, it. All right. And thanks also to everyone watching. If you like this video, hit that like and subscribe button and join us each week for more episodes that cover issues in the world of technology. I'm Keith Shaw. We'll see you next time on Today in Tech.